Reports of its demise were premature. It's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A nitpicking podcast if there ever was one. He's a former resident of the old Pueblo, Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. This is a podcast designed to help you feel confident about your encounter with Medicare whenever that may occur. It may be coming up shortly. It may be something you're thinking about down the road. You may still be employed with a company health insurance plan. You may not be planning to encounter Medicare for years, but this podcast will encourage you to think about it and to be aware that it can be a very positive experience in your life. Now, my uh, Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, may have told you who I am, but just in case he took the day off, uh, I am Doug Jones, your Medicare expert for some period of time. I have written a book entitled Medicare for the Lazy Man. This is Medicare boiled down to its lowest common denominator, uh, simplified and uh, prepared in such a way as to excite the palate, but not to bore the reader into complacency. Now, how does one do that? One explains Medicare and the ins and outs to the extent that the average person needs to know. It's not a scholarly tome. It's a um, a fun read, a lighthearted encounter with Medicare. And when you come out the other side of this uh, this book, you're going to feel more confident about your encounter with Medicare than you have any right to feel. And if you go to Amazon or to barnesandnoble.com, you're going to find Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. Don't forget to put that number in the search window because all of the prior editions will be somewhat out of date. You want to get the newest edition available. You have your choice between uh, the Audible version, the Kindle version, which is very attractively priced at $3.80, the um, paperback version, which is about $8 at Amazon, $9 at barnesandnoble.com. And uh, for those special high rollers in the listening audience, I would suggest purchasing the $22 hardcover version with the colorful uh, illustrations inside. You're going to find yourself um, uh, fending off uh, attempts to steal that beautiful creation from your visitors when they come by to uh, have a cup of uh, nog during the Christmas season. They're going to be trying to stick that thing under their coats and abscond with it. But uh, keep an eye on it because it's really an asset that's worthy of being passed down to your your, uh, progeny because they will appreciate your excellent good taste in having purchased it. Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. Speaking of lazy men... We have Randy Carson with us today. I feel privileged. Hello, Randy. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. Well, thanks for inviting me. I I always enjoy being invited because, you know, without doing this, I wouldn't have any fun at all. Well, you uh, not only are able to do this in a stellar way, but also you bring interesting factoids to the table. Did you realize that we're dressed in Christmas colors today? 
uh, red and green. I didn't even think about that. Yes. So obviously we, we must be thinking at least subconsciously, we must be on the same, you know, wavelength here somehow. Well, in my uh, experience, it's going to be subconscious because I don't really think about what I put on in the morning. <laughs> I, I just am lucky I'm on the right side of the grass is my attitude. Or in, in Arizona, I'm on the right side of the gravel. Yeah. So that you know how my brain works in strange and wondrous ways sometimes. When you were doing your introductory introductory work there just a few seconds ago, and you know we always talk about your nephew, Drew. Yep. Uh, you know, he's our professional announcer. Yes, he and, is. Uh, par excellence. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know why this popped into my head, but, you know, every once in a while, you'll identify yourself as uh, Uncle Doug. Okay. Well, for, Dr- for Drew, you are Uncle Doug. Well, I am <laughs> Uncle Dougie. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So it's just one of those things that pops into your head every once in a while. You go, oh, wow. I never thought of that. I became an uncle when Drew was born because he is the first child of any sibling of mine. Yeah. And, yeah. And so of the five children in my family, I'm the oldest of five. Uh, only one of my sisters has children and that is Drew's mother. So she's got three kids and I'm the uncle to all three of them. But in my family, our family history, we have never used honorifics like uncle or grandfather or you know i i use those to describe the relationship to people who don't know them but i we don't use we don't call them that so we have always used our first names my grandfather was feral my grandmother was dick or dicky remember she was named after a racehorse that died the night she was born and uh my mother and father were mom and dad but you know to their um nephews and uh, and actually nieces they had three nieces they were always just nancy and bill so we just uh in our family we just don't use those uh, nicknames like other families do well that's interesting because you know in my family we were required to call my father sire well uh, <laughs> <laughs> well my father certainly demanded respect but it was a kind of a silent like uh, i brought you into this world i can take you right out again that's so, right that's don't right cross me. so guess I w- what i've I will got say, Get- let me say the most the quickest way to irritate my grandmother who was a gracious southern lady uh the quickest way you could make her angry she would shoot a look at you that would just wilt uh wilt a plant uh that way would be to call her granny if I, wanted, oh, if I yeah. wanted to get her goat, I would call her granny or grandma. That's not my name. Not happening, huh? All right. But I headed you off at the past. Go ahead. Back to you know, the thought. Guess, you were... guess what I'm looking at, Doug? Oh, boy. Could it be? Uh, could it be a list of silly laws? Yes. Oh, and we boy. are we are down to Georgia. Okay. So I'm making it easier for you. You know, over the course of time, I'm, I'm giving you the state now. We started out on this list. I wouldn't even tell you what state it was, but now I'm giving you the state. So this should hone you in on what the content of this law is. Okay. So Georgia is a state that is famous for Georgians. Uh, yes. There are plenty of yes. them there. Plenty but- of Georgians. That's I'm, not it. But. I'm going to need a little more help than that, I think. <laughs> a little more help than that. Okay, so Georgia, it's against the law to heat what with tableware? Oh, boy, to heat or eat. E-A-T? E-A-T. E- yeah, E-A-T. Okay. Um, I would say it's probably against the law to eat pie. 
with all right okay Ooh, ouch yes uh what is the real answer sir i'll give you one more guess if you want okay yeah sure it's against the law to eat what with tableware what can't you eat with tableware okay i'm gonna say livestock that's not correct okay you're you're closer than you might imagine (laughs) well i'm just uh, picturing somebody chasing around a squirrel with a (laughs) knife and fork you know come here (laughs) <laughs> all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna let you off the hook here because please do apparently you haven't spent enough time in georgia to know that in gainesville georgia uh-huh. it is illegal to eat fried chicken with really? anything other than your hands in oh 19, no in 1968 an ordinance was put in place as a public relations stunt sure to celebrate Gainesville as the poultry capital of the world, a ninety-year-old, ninety-one-year-old woman was arrested in two thousand and nine for breaking this rule while celebrating her birthday at a local eatery. She died in jail. No I'm kidding! Teasing. I'm no, teasing. Jesus Christ! Well, <laughs> it, it certainly sounded possible. They're serious about this. <laughs> well, I have to tell you that St. Charles, Illinois, and we discussed St. Charles at some length uh, in the last episode, it was the pickle packers capital of the world. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't enact some wacky law that leaves the city council of St. Charles because the pickle packers uh, guy, uh, Bill Moore, was the director of the Pickle Packers Association, and he was one of the most inventive and uh, busy uh, you know, PR guys I've ever seen in my life. That guy was in the newspaper every week with some kind of weird pickle stuff. Well, speaking of pickles, okay, now that you've brought, this is a really hot topic today, pickles, okay? Okay. So you brought up pickles, and I'm going to, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a twist, but this is a law about pickles. And what state is it in the union uh-huh. that you cannot call this a pickle unless what? Oh, boy, unless it's been soaked in brine. Nope. Nope. Oh, boy. This is, I'm betting zero today. Perhaps you should just share <laughs> share the uh, correct answer with us. Okay, I'll, I'll make it easy for you. In 1948, you you were around in 1948. Uh, yeah, I was around for uh, 11 and a half months, 11 months and a week. Yeah. Two pickle packers, say that quickly. Yeah. Named Sidney Spare and Moses Dexler were arrested for selling pickles unfit for human consumption. Oh, boy. Connecticut's Food and Drug Commissioner at the time, Frederick Holcomb, proclaimed that a real pickle should bounce when dropped from a height of one Ah. foot, leading to a new state ordinance. Ah, bouncing pickles only. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, I don't know. I mean, this I've never tried bouncing a pickle. But, you know, someday I'm going to say, you know, I think I'm going to try that thing out. But I don't think he's talking about hamburger slices. No, <laughs> no. I'm I'm sure they're completely uh, assembled pickles. They're not uh, sliced or anything. Okay. Well, that's pretty weird. I wish Bill Moore were around. Maybe maybe he's still alive. I don't know. But if he is, he's in a loony bin somewhere. But uh, if I could have asked the Pickle Packers Association president, about bouncing pickles, I'm sure I would have gotten a very pithy answer. Not pissy, nope. but pithy. 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 Pith, pithy, yeah. And as I told you, his wife was an interior decorator, and we owned a house that she decorated, and it was one wacky piece of work. Mrs. Moore. Pickles? Mrs. Moore, no pickles. No pickles. No pickles. 
but she uh, did not appreciate colors that that smooth or uh, uh, flowed smoothly. Most humans like. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Her colors had to clash in a big way. It was. Uh, I got. I got to tell you a short, really quick story. Then, when we, one of our home, one of our homes back in Omaha, we were remodeling, and uh, we were replacing the kitchen tile, and we had the a tile layer was there at the time as our interior decorator. Okay, so she's kind of scouting the thing out, seeing what you know how things are going, and now let me you know let me paint the picture for you. Our interior decorator is standing with her back towards the kitchen, looking at Margaret and I going, she goes, you know, I think it would be really awesome if you put red grout in that tile. The Now, the tile layers in the back of us going. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's a, a similar experience. Uh, Mrs. Moore suggested various uh, projects and changes for the woman that owned the house that I, I'm talking about here, uh, the woman who built it. Uh, she had three houses as a uh, young adult growing up into her her uh, dotage, and uh, this was the third of her three houses. And she followed every edict that Mrs. Moore uh, suggested. So Mrs. Moore devised an idea I only heard about this from an old retired plumber. Uh, this guy said, uh, you know what that lady wanted to do? She wanted to build a water uh, feature in the house that made water flow uphill. And he said it it was physically impossible. It was against all laws of man and nature, but she insisted that it could be done. And so uh, the lady that owned the house insisted that we try to do it. And we wasted so much money and time and effort doing that and failing miserably that uh it was a very disappointing experience how in the world would anybody think that you could make water run uphill well i don't know but he would have been standing behind mrs moore going no no (laughs) No! don't even think about it no it can't be done it's crazy hey speaking of crazy we wind up spending more time jaw jacking at the beginning of every one of these episodes than we do in medicare information so i think we ought to move ahead I'm going to put my foot down as the nominal producer and say, you know, we probably ought to do some real work here today. Let's do that. Let me start out. (laughs) (laughs) I I like the way you just stole my thunder. (laughs) I'm trying to be Mr. Responsible here. Um, Okay. Well, here's the deal. We talk a lot about Medicare Advantage plans and some of the disadvantages of Medicare Advantage plans are very apparent when you're looking at buying your Medicare coverages, the choices between Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement. And in my book, I have a list of 10 reasons why Medicare Advantage plans are going to probably disappoint you at some point. And generally speaking, that's going to be when you need them most. And generally speaking, that's going to be when it's too late for you to actually be able to qualify for a Medicare Supplement plan, which is much, much less likely to disappoint you. But one of the things that's not readily apparent when you buy a Medicare Advantage plan is the fact that one of the ways that these plans save money to maintain profitability is to uh, do pre-authorizations for procedures and expensive uh, things that your doctor may think are medically necessary, but the plan disagrees with. And I don't know if that's clear, but I'm going to try to make it clear as I explain. This little blurb here, modern healthcare 
uh, it's a website, I believe, Medicare Advantage marketing limits could shake up markets. Well, this is a result of the animosity generated by Medicare Advantage uh, internal uh, problems, their rules and so forth, by which they um, they prevent people's doctors from authorizing uh, procedures that the people, the doctors say are medically necessary. Um, so I've got, I'm in the middle of two thoughts here. Stricter rules governing Medicare Advantage marketing may offer smaller health insurance companies an opportunity to snatch market share from the dominant players such as Humana and United Health care. Large health insurance companies have employed generous and creative broker and agent compensation strategies, that's commissions and, and bonuses, to gain and hold their members. Some smaller rivals may lack the resources to match that approach, uh, but they believe that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services wants to establish limits on these practices that could benefit the smaller companies. Okay, that's what's going to happen if Congress gets angry enough about the the problems with Medicare Advantage plans. So let me read about the stunning bipartisan anger aimed at Medicare Advantage denials of care. A bipartisan group of lawmakers is, is increasingly concerned that insurance companies are preying on seniors. Complaints from lawmakers over the Medicare Advantage care denials are rising and this could spark the government to uh, increase oversight of the program. And when they increase oversight, it may have the effect that I just read you about, uh, reducing the compensation that is paid to agents and making the plans less uh, profitable for agents to sell and less appealing for them to sell. So this article goes on. Enrollment in Medicare's private sector alternative is surging, and so are the complaints to Congress. More than 30 million Americans are enrolled in Medicare Advantage plans, wooed by lower premiums and more benefits than traditional Medicare offers. Well, we'll, we'll see if that's true. But a bipartisan group of lawmakers is increasingly concerned that insurance companies are preying upon seniors and in some cases, denying care that would otherwise be approved by traditional Medicare. It was stunning how many times senators on both sides of the aisle kept linking constituent problems with denying authorizations for care. Um, Congress has already gone after insurers for their celebrity-filled advertising and misleading directories. But its scrutiny of these care denials, which is expected to continue into next year, could have a far greater impact, and they could reshape the rules for one of the most profitable parts of the insurance industry. The government is very attuned to what is going on on Capitol Hill. Um, uh, Sean Creighton, managing director of policy for a consulting firm, said, he added that next year will likely bring more scrutiny by uh, politicians and the government, and there will be more reporting requirements for the plan's and actions the plans are required to take to lessen the burden on providers and patients. Legislation requiring insurers to more quickly approve requests for routine care passed unanimously in the House in 2022, but they stalled in the Senate over concerns um, that the, uh, let's see, over cost concerns, that's what it was, the Improving Seniors Timely Access to Care Act. They couldn't make it any shorter than that. Uh, this act mandates insurers quickly approve requests for routine care, 
and respond within 24 hours to any urgent request. This was this act was reintroduced in the House, and it passed out of the House Ways and Means Committee this summer as part of a larger health care package. Hmm. Still, lawmakers are peppering the Biden administration with demands for reforming the commonly used tool called prior authorization, the process in which health insurers require patients to get insurer approval ahead of time for certain treatments or medications. It has turned into a process of basically just stopping people from getting care, one representative said. Uh, Unlike traditional Medicare, Medicare Advantage plans can employ prior authorization and restrict the participants to certain doctors within their network. These are among the incentives private insurers have to participate in the program, and enrollment has doubled during the last decade. Um, Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma says that some hospitals in his state will not accept Medicare Advantage plans anymore. He said, we can't do it because we can't afford the constant chasing from all the denials, he said. Uh, The government has a track record of responding to liberal concerns, which could translate into big changes for Medicare Advantage in the coming years. Early this month, it proposed a rule to improve the standards for behavioral health networks following complaints from Congress about woefully inaccurate mental health provider directories. It's also, for the first time this year, it's evaluating Medicare Advantage television ads before they air, following the prodding from lawmakers and numerous complaints from elderly consumers who feel duped by the ubiquitous ads. The government also proposed a rule earlier this month that plans be required to factor the impact of prior authorization denials on marginalized and underserved communities. Come on marginalized and underserved. Everybody should be given the same treatment. We don't need to to separate marginalized and underserved communities um, for additional uh, benefits and treatment. So I move ahead to um, this uh, advocacy group suspects insurers will be fine with implementing guardrails for prior authorization as long as they can continue to use prior authorization. It's super important that in this case, one doesn't throw out prior authorizations with the bathwater. It's just finding the proper balance. But many physicians complain that the balance has tipped too far in the favor of Medicare Advantage plans. A survey released earlier this month by the physician's trade group, Medical Group Management Association, found that 97% of medical group practices said that an insurer delayed or denied medically necessary care. 97% of practices ran into prior authorization problems. Another 92% said they had to hire staff specifically to process prior authorization requests, which reduces the overall profit of the practice. A December 2022 survey from the American Medical Association also found that 94% of physicians reported care delays due to prior authorization denials or processing. Even when you're doing the most cost-effective treatment, you're going through a prior authorization process. Studies show that the oncology, uh, that's cancer treatment, faces the most prior approval requests. Five oncologists told Politico that prior authorization requests are increasing as more patients migrate from traditional Medicare to Medicare Advantage. 
This surge of insurer prior approval demands has put a strain on their practices. A 2020 survey of uh, cancer doctors, oncologists, um, found that 64% reported treatment delays due to prior authorization requests that increased during the panic, the COVID panic. Medicare Advantage plans have been slow to update their coverage policies and at times lag Medicare in which treatments are covered. This can lead to situations where a Medicare Advantage plan denies care after a prior authorization request that would have been covered under traditional Medicare. Uh, The government's uh, Office of Inspector General in a a report last year found 13% out of a sample of claims from Medicare Advantage plans in which care was denied under prior authorizations for services that should have been approved. Some of the examples that they found included prior authorization denials of advanced imaging services and stays at inpatient rehabilitation facilities. Boy, I have had more than my share of horror stories about inpatient rehabilitation facilities being denied uh, clients of mine and potential clients of mine. If a request is denied, a doctor can file an appeal and eventually speak with another physician to plead their case. Recent studies have shown that most appeals to a denial get overturned. And Randy and I have been down this road before. We've read other articles that indicate that these these companies throw in denials against every requested procedure, and then they cave in to the ones that are persistent enough to appeal them. The other people either just go away or they pay for the procedures out of their own pocket. Either way, the insurance company has saved money. Recent studies have shown that most appeals to a denial get overturned. In 2021, Medicare Advantage plans fully or partially denied more than 2 million claims through prior authorization, but 82% of those were overturned after an appeal. 82% is not all the people that were denied. Once again, a lot of those people just went away and either didn't have a uh, healing procedure or paid for it themselves out of their own resources. 82% of those were overturned after an appeal. A 2019 survey found that 62% of oncologists who appealed on behalf of their patients got their prior authorization denials overturned. But doctors say that getting through the appeals process can take weeks. It feels more like this business model is a way for insurance companies to potentially reduce costs by feeling that physicians won't want to participate in this peer-to-peer process because it's a burden on time and resources. So what they're saying is here that uh, that they make it tough for doctors. The doctors will stop requesting appeals or uh, will stop trying on behalf of their patients because they get frustrated with the amount of time and effort it takes, and they get frustrated with uh, uh, having to go through all of this in order to do what is uh, medically necessary for the patients. So we've seen that before, haven't we, Randy, and uh, other stories where they they, uh, deny everything, but then... The few people that appeal uh, actually uh, get the the uh, denial overturned. Yeah, and obviously the statistics support just exactly what you're saying, Doug. I mean, the the Medicare disadvantaged companies uh-huh. are using that as a cost control budgeting process, and it seems to be and, working for them. And while you were reading that uh, article. Uh, obviously, the one of the number, at least in my mind, I'm not an expert like you are, but in my mind, prior authorization is really the devil 
of you know Medicare Advantage plans, prior authorization. That that is where it's all at, right there. And it it occurred to me that I'm going to come up with a new catchphrase. You have so many catchphrases now; it's hard to believe that another one could be created. Another one popped into my head, and I'm going to borrow it from a former first lady. Prior authorization really means just say no. Ah, there you go. Well, that's uh, I think that's pretty accurate. I'm going to try that on for size next time I have the opportunity. But we don't have the opportunity today because I think we've burned up all of our time. We definitely burned up our 75 cents. But before we sign off and bring the bus into the station, there's always a few things I like to do. Number one is get a pen. You can reach out to Doug via email at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Don't forget, Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out. There's a lot of stuff going on at the website, medicareforthelazyman.com. We would appreciate it if you could find a place to drop a couple reviews for us. We're coming into the end of the year. And numbers, it's all about the numbers. Trust me. Last but certainly not least, thank you for joining us. We have a lot more fun with you. When the, 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 oh, I'm all tongue-tied today. What's the matter? We have a lot more fun with you than without you. And if you haven't been keeping track of time, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy originally from Oklahoma. No more. He's up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his Fortress of Solitude. And I got to tell you, Doug, I measured it today, and you're well up over 12,000 feet. Well, it's not the first time, Randy, and I'm hoping it's not the first time for you, ladies and gentlemen, join us in our next episode. Will you please? Bye-bye.